Robert Graham, branderapp.com, and I'm on the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Yeah, welcome to the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp, and it's my job to bring you inspiring guests from all around the world. And we've got a first a first ever for the show. You know, it's, it's episode 69, and uh, it's the first time we've managed to get a guest who is actually on a road journey right now to Chicago. Uh, his name is uh, J. Dev Karandi, and he is the founder of Wearcast and the founder of Zipscene, and he's had a great career on the internet. He's going to tell us all about the stuff that's worked for him and some of the things that haven't. So it's a warm welcome, J. Dev, to the App Guy podcast. Thank you for having me, and uh, it's an honor to be, uh, you know, front of your audience uh on the app guy podcast yeah well we're first of all very appreciative of the fact that you are on a, a car journey and you've been so gracious to actually pull over and so we at least we, we can have a chat without worrying too much about uh, <laughs> you having a crash whilst you're recording uh, so, oh no my, uh, so my, appreciate my, my pleasure i mean if your audience could only uh see what i'm staring at i think it would be uh it'd be a pretty it turn into a comedy show but uh but, well but yeah you know what? Let's let's leave that, and and at the end, you can tell us what you're staring at. But that's um, that gets people through to the end to like listen, and uh, then we'll reveal exactly what you what it is you're staring All at. Right. Sounds good. <laughs> Perhaps you can tell us a little bit about um, you know who you are and uh, what what it is you do. Okay. Um, well, very quickly, um, you know, I've always uh, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, ever since I I was a kid, and um, you know, an er- I got early signs where I started gravitating towards uh, this thing we call entrepreneurship. I didn't have any clue what it was. And, uh, and really, it, it started kicking in when I was around 10 or 11 years old. And I started witnessing that my parents' um, store, where they were selling candy goods and, and, uh, and soda, and you know, it was a convenience store. And when it started shutting down and they started losing their money and they were going through very financial hard difficulty times, it was, you know, I was, uh, I was in school, probably I was what, in fifth, fifth or sixth grade at that time. And uh, that financial difficulty, my, my, my mom, I remember her telling me not to uh, buy lunch, you know, we'd pack more so we could save money. But, but uh, and they protect me from this, uh, you know, financial stress. But as kids, we know we're pretty smart to know what's going on. So what I started doing was I started taking candy from their store, and I used to take it to school, and I used to sell all this candy uh, before lunchtime because I knew the kids had money to buy lunch around that time, and uh, and that's how I started making my money. At the end of high school career, I got into network marketing, and I started reading books like Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, and I used to. Uh, you know, work for Am. You know, got into the Amway business and really started w- learning about network marketing, which was interesting because you know it was just a mass process of duplication where people were selling products and they were listening to other people that were teaching them to do successful things that they did. And I just sort of saw that model and I was pretty fascinated by it. But uh, it kind of exposed me even further to you know um, being an entrepreneur. 
And uh, when I was in college, I um, you know, decided that I wanted to get some marketing experience. And so I became a nightclub promoter. So yeah, so that, you know, that, that those early experiences uh, then came into, and translated into how the idea for Zipscene came about, which was a, came, a, came about as a, an entertainment portal. It was just a dot com where I was tired of being a nightclub promoter for one club. I said, well, I'm doing this thing for one. Why couldn't we just do this for everybody, you know, underneath the website? And um, I got my co-founder out of Procter & Gamble. This, you know, my, um, his name is Samir Munger. And Samir was, he had just finished uh, the project product launch of when the coffee Folgers canister here in the States, it used to be a metal and they changed it to becoming plastic. And he led that multi-billion dollar, um, multi-million dollar execution. And so I finally convinced him. I said, all right, you know, are you done with this corporate thing? You know, so why don't you quit your job and let's go do this and take your corporate science of what you know how to do really well, which is project management, being organized, you know, putting that corporate structure into place. And then my street madness, because I was a dropout at that point. I just, I dropped out of college so I could continue this entrepreneurial passion. And so we co-founded a company together, which is Zipscene and, uh, start started building it and uh, what uh, so what are you doing now what's uh, really driving your day my day um you know right now it's uh it's partially um doing some consulting stuff with uh, other businesses and helping them kind of grow but mainly you know we've got wearcast which is a platform that is uh, been designed to allow other people that want to sell their own um, t-shirts, custom t-shirts, and the ability to do that for free without any risks whatsoever. Because, you know, anybody selling merchandise, you know, they have to, you know, put up the upfront costs. They have to manage the inventory. They have to deal with the fulfillment and the customer service, all of that stuff. And especially when you're selling that online, it can be cumbersome and it can be a pain. And you're really not focused on, the main thing, which is marketing, you're really trying to do everything. So we came up with this platform to make it super simple for people to do, do, to do that, especially if they have artwork. You know, one of the reoccurring themes now, uh, as we've done so many of these episodes, is that the successful uh, people li like yourself have really addressed a, a real need in the market and a real problem and have gone about and, you know, like basically solved that problem with a solution. So... You know, how do you think about the uh, problem solving? And you know, perhaps you can talk us back to the, the time where you came up with the idea and and what exactly it is you know you ended up doing and solving solving that you know the problem. Well, um, specifically in in the case of I'll, I'll say quickly in both businesses um, in. When we started Zipscene, this was pre-Facebook. There was no social network. There was no, there, the, the only social network that was around was Friendster and MySpace. So we were pre a lot of the social media action that started to develop from that time. The need that was need was fairly simple. It was, you know, there's everybody's relying on newspapers to figuring out and in local papers to figure out where to go and what to do. There was really no aggregated source that allowed people to quickly find out where happy hours were, what was going on, what hot events were coming up and all of that sort of stuff. And we wanted to be that, you know, that go-to for those people. And so that was kind of um, the need that we were trying to fill in over there um, and just giving more people more to do. And Wearcast, the 
the idea there sort of evolved. Um, it is started off as more of a business to consumer idea where we had created an application, a phone app, which allowed people to um, input some text very much like they would, uh, they would do on Twitter and hit design. And it would design a T-shirt without needing to be a designer. So it would take that text and turn it into really cool typography. Um, came from observing people tweeting and you know making you know status updates and you know online everybody's expressing themselves through social media, but offline we express ourselves very much through what we wear. You know, so that was the early sort of um, idea as to what we wanted to go out there and do. And then there were, you know, several, several issues and several um, uh, obstacles that we, you know, challenges that we faced, which didn't allow us to uh, really make that vision come to what fruition of what we wanted it to be. And so we pivoted into more of a, a B2B sort of platform. And again, that was born out of just, you know, understanding the market, recognizing that, hey, people are actually selling T-shirts today. And uh, when I looked at musicians, as an example, especially ba bands, you know, bands are were printing up their shirts and they're selling them in the back of uh, back of their shows on a, on a little card table. <laughs> and, um, you know, and when you go to concerts, yeah. you start to see that too. Like you have merch tables set up all over the place. And I started looking at that. I'm like, there's got to be a way better way to do you know, do this than that. And plus, you know, as a consumer, you're walking in and you're picking up a shirt and it's crappy quality. And, you know, you buy it just for the nostalgic, you know, experience, but then you go home and you throw it in the closet and never see, never wear it again. And so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so we sort of recognized that and started to say, okay, let's build a platform, focus it. It'll be able to be used by anybody really ultimately, but sort of let's, first go after the music festival market and the musicians and let them start to use our product uh you know for themselves and uh and that's how we evolved um and now we've just sort of opened it up as being general for anybody you know that's just such a fascinating story and you know you mentioned a few words here i'm going to pick up uh, pivot and uh, we had a previous uh, guest uh, who was the founder the co-founder of brander a guy called robert graham and he said it's you know it's okay to pivot and sometimes we get kind of sidetracked a little bit with the original concept, the, the original idea, and we stick to it. Uh, obviously, we're, we're supposed to focus, but, you know, he was saying that it's okay to pivot, and that's, I guess, what you've done there with Wearcast. Um, we, we love talking about apps, and this is the App Guy podcast. Uh, one of the, the ways we sometimes do this is to talk about particular pain points in uh, the business right now and try and figure out if there's a solution that could ultimately be an app solution. Yeah. Would you be able to, ha yeah, have a think about, you know, what's really frustrating you right now with, um, you know, your current uh, business, the things that perhaps there could be, uh, we could flesh out an idea for an app. So when it comes to apps, I think uh, the important thing is uh, one is to, you know, if I go back to when we launched Wearcast as an app, uh, strictly, you know, first of first and foremost, I think, you know, sometimes people get caught up into, should I be building this for Android? Should I be building this for iPhone? Should I be building it for both? Um, you know, because obviously we're living in a day and age now where, you know, every, we, we want our app to be everywhere at the same time. You know, there's just as many 
uh, Android fanatics there are as uh, iPhone now, right? So, you know, what's the right platform? Um, and I think, you know, when I think about that, I think it really comes down to eventually you can get to both, but just pick one. You know, which, whatever whatever phone you're using and whatever you're really passionate about, just pick a platform. Um, because ultimately, you know, if you're successful with the actual problem you're trying to solve, you will want to build it for the other um, as well. But um, I think ultimately it just comes down to, you know, really rapid prototyping too. You know, like understanding, am I building something here that's just something that's kind of cool and kind of fun? Um, or am, am I really building something that is going to address some sort of uh, need for the consumer um, that's kind of a challenge right now? And I see a lot of apps that get built just for like, oh, it's kind of cool to build this app, you know? Okay, great. Well, how many people are going to really use it? Oh, I don't know. We're just going to go out there and do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, well, that's great. And that's that's fine and dandy because, I mean, if you can do it, like if you can build a treehouse, you can build a treehouse. But what are you going to do with a treehouse, right? You know, yeah. so just because you have the ability to build something doesn't mean you got to build, you know, like really try to get your business hat on for a second or ask some people around you to say, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking and why uh, would you use it? You know, that early sort of uh, early tests. And I think that's uh, very, very critical. Yeah, that's why, you know, initially I was asking about uh, the uh, the fact that successful people seem to really focus on yeah. solving a need and a real problem in the market. And, you know, I was just thinking, actually, we're, we're, this is episode 69 and we've done a lot of these different things. And you're one of the first uh, people to bring up the whole debate around Android and Apple. It's just a great uh, piece of advice, the fact that, you know, you just pick one. Don't worry too much about all these things that aren't really issues. You know, as you say, uh, if it's going to be successful, you're going to you know get a lot of emails and uh, tweets and you know about complaints that you haven't got it on Android or you haven't got it on uh, on Apple. Uh, what uh, what phone I do you actually have to a carry? Samsung Galaxy Three, and I love it. And um, you know, for the longest time, I was pretty close to switching over to Apple, but um, you know, but I, I was happy with my phone. So you know, I actually came from BlackBerry world and then ended mm -hmm. up having to. Um, adopt to this phone and um so I'm, i love it yeah well uh, so you know firstly you're obviously one of the first guests to call from their phone uh, whilst in the car and uh, i know that you pulled over and it's great that you can do that uh, what uh, do you uh, tend to use um, to get you through the day on your phone you know we love talking about apps and if you could think of one or two apps that are your favorite or you know would be a good recommendation to oh yeah us uh, let's see so i definitely use um i mean i get i i have some of the social the social apps that i use um like instagram i use instagram a lot more for uh i follow i mean a couple of friends but then i also follow people that i inspire me so i can get that sort, same sort of inspiration using instagram and use more of a, um almost like you know, and vision boards are very, very useful, you know, when you're kind of creative visualizing, visualizing, you know, your goals in life. And if you can use Instagram in a way where you're following people that actually inspire you, so you either see quotes or you see pictures and imagery that get you inspired, I use Instagram like that. I don't use it from a voyeur standpoint where I really care about what's going on around, you know, in other people's lives. Although I don't mind it, you know, I use Facebook that way sometimes. But, um, you know, actually, I, I try not to get my dopamine in my, in my head too much out of uh, 
those those applications. Um, I do use Flipboard, on the other hand, to quickly aggregate my news, which um, I love Flipboard. And uh, in terms of an actual tool, um, you know, I used to use Evernote quite a bit. Um, I will use um, this new app that I just started trying to toy with, Lyft, and it's more of a goal-setting app. And uh, I'm one way or the other about it, but it's the most recent app that I have downloaded on my phone that, uh, that I do use. Um, yeah, I've got to be careful because uh, I mentioned Lyft so many times. I'm currently using that uh, to uh, wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning and um, you know do some work. And it's, uh, it's See, amazing my, how the motivation stop, of this city. Uh, my stopwatch a lot on my phone because that helps me uh, significantly um, keep keep time or <laughs> keep time. But yeah, but, right. Yeah, but other <laughs> other than that, you know, I'm I'm starting to become way more more mindful around what applications are truly helping me so to advance forward and what are time suckers. And I think that's also, um, you know, we live in a day and age where, you know, I want to build an app for something. Some people might love games, so they want to build gaming. Okay, that's great too. Um, and they're going to have a ton of those types of people that are addicted to that. So there's totally a market for it. So I think it comes from, you know, who your market is, who, you know, what kind of a creator are you, you know, what are you out there to do? Are you, if you're out there to en enrich people's lives through games so they can escape their day for a moment to, um, to play your game, then great. That's one way to do it. Um, Kabam, you know, a friend of mine's company is, uh, is, is just killing it in the, uh, in the gaming space of independent games. Um, and, uh, they're doing that, but then there's also, I think a market for, can you enrich people's lives through some true value, you know, can you, and, uh, and there's ton of, a ton of that. I, on my way driving right now, I was wondering like, you know, what kind of an, what kind of a, um, app out there would be really to remind people to meditate or teach people to meditate? You know, I mean, is there something like that, that someone could, well, hey, listen, and I obviously never paid you to say that, but uh, I did that. Uh, I did an app, a meditation app with a former guest. Uh, if you go back to episode 21, I was interviewing uh, Michael Austin Jacobs, and uh, he's a, um, a consciousness coach and does a lot of meditation. And we built an app together and uh, got it out there. So uh, anyone listening, if you are interested in a promotional code for our meditation app, then uh uh, certainly you, J-Dev, if you do want that. Um, uh, you know what the problem is, though? It's an iPhone app, so <laughs> it's not going to well, work for you, um, unfortunately. It's time, for, it's time to build an Android one. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, one, yeah, so far that's my first request. But <laughs> no, but, you know, that's just an example of, you know, like, you know, when, when, you're, when, when you're creating, you know, you're obviously creating because within you is some sort of powerful force that you want to create something, you know, and, and, and the next step is, the mindfulness of, hey, what am I creating? And am I creating just this for fun? Or is this really something that I'm going to go out there and solve a problem? And it doesn't have to be thought through from a massive problem standpoint. You know, sometimes we also get caught up in, you know, saying, oh, my God, I need to be building something that's going to revolutionize. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the next whatever. And I think that, too, is something that people when building apps should don't that's just don't think about that. You know, go find a few people that, you know. 10, 20 people that you can really say, you know what, I'm going to solve a problem for that 20 people right there. 
And if I can do that, then I'm going to find 20 more and then I'll find 20 more and then I'll keep on going, you know, and find more people. And, uh, you know, that's how things really grow. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, posting a, a motivational quote of some sort, um, through a photo or something like that. And I used to, when I started doing it, I started doing it out just, you know, for myself, just because it inspired me. But then I used to share it on Facebook because I wanted to at least say, think about it. Like, can I touch one other person that might be going through what I'm going through? Because this is helping me. Maybe if I can help one other person, that would be great. And that was my goal. Um, and I started getting tons of feedback, just people that I would walk around in the street, you know, that people who know me would come up and say, hey, I love what you post. Thank you so much. Like, that helps me. And now it's like, wow, you know what? Now you're inspiring me to actually go do something separate as a blog because of all the feedback I'm getting one little thing. But ultimately, it was the power of one that I was really focused on. And I think that's something that I think app developers or anybody doing, doing, doing this should be thinking about is, hey, you know, am I building for myself? First of all, that's awesome if you do, because if you're solving a problem for yourself, you might be solving it for somebody else. But then can I find a handful of people that truly feel this pain point? And let me just build it for them. You know, forget everybody else. Let me just nail it for them. And then I'll go from there. You know, I love doing this show because um, it really does connect the dots. We, I go back through... Uh, all the different episodes that we've done. And I'm just thinking of an episode, uh, episode 60 with uh, Kate Masadera. And she uh, just started a blog while she was working at Amazon. Then went on, she went on to Google, I believe. But she just started this blog and uh, one by one, it started to grow and get uh, more attention. And she was really focusing on uh, just a small number of people. But those small number of people, if, they're, if they love what you're doing, they will spread it and then it goes and grows organically. And I think we just captured that as a, a perfect piece of advice for you know people listening, uh, indie app developers, focus really small and uh, solve problems and, and then eventually grows organically. And so yeah, Absolutely. And it comes that. down to like a daily thing, right? I mean, like every day I want to see if I could touch one more person. And if you do two, then great, you know, and you'll grow. And it's just a, it comes down to that daily ritual and really just small, tiny steps and, you know, just gathering folks one by one by one. And you, before you know it, you're just like hundred by hundred and thousands by thousands. Uh, it's no longer one by one. But, you know, too often we get caught up in our own sort of, we you know, doubts sometimes, you know, is this going to work? Is this people going to like it or, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think that that's another thing too, it's to get something and put it out there and don't get in the way of yourself um, because you will tend to do that. All creators do that. And I think that's one of the things that creators should, um, be conscious of is hey am I, am I really getting in the way of myself because you know I need one more feature here oh this whole thing will be awesome if I just do this one more thing no 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 you know just get just get 80% of it you know to the point where you think it's good enough to start sharing out there sharing it and when your prototype phase and really focusing on that hypothesis that you know of the problem that you think you're out there to solve and see if you're really doing it and then from that point on you'll uh you know, you'll continue to refine it further. This is just great. Thanks for, you know, 
that, uh, just listening to that and uh, just really getting inspired by the fact that it reminds me of um, uh, something I learned maybe about six months ago, which is it's better to create more than you consume. And, you know, I, I just think if you're listening now and you're uh, listening to this in a, a car or um, perhaps you're going to an office and, you know, what you said there, JDev, about apps, are ti- some of them are time suckers people I've heard people time and time again saying I haven't got time to learn how to develop an app or I haven't got time to do this and yet there they are playing Candy Crush or uh, you know all these other um, time suckers as you call them and uh, it it just changed for me when I I started creating mm-hmm. one and I started consuming and uh, just getting it out there and it certainly worked for me so uh, I, I I think I resonate with that so so much before we say goodbye uh, we we like to try and keep these to half an hour. I was just wondering uh, if there is anything uh, that you could share uh, with the audience. You know, the probably the most you know important thing that you've learned over your time as a as an entrepreneur. Uh, just to encourage people to think about it and you know have a realistic view of what it is like to be an entrepreneur. Um, sure, I think one thing that has helped me. Um, Actually, I, there's, there's several things. One, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two. Things, <laughs> you can, you can. Right? One is, is that okay? Fail and celebrate. You know, if you're, if you're doing, if you're being successful at things, then that's great because you're supposed to be successful. You know, like you're, you're you know, if I, if I go out there and I'm gonna go out, you know, and um, go get a glass of water for you, you expect me to bring a glass of water. So, but if I trip and I fall and I'm climbing up a mountain and by the time I get up there and I figure out that this is what I'm, you know, the right glass of water, the cleanest water, whatever, let's celebrate all those failures till we get to that point, you know, but because success is something that is going to come, you know, but it's going to happen because of all those little times of learnings of failure and you can't get down on yourself, especially when someone says, I don't like your product or I don't see what you're trying to do. You know, all those little things sometimes where we feel like, oh man, I thought it was great, but you know what? Forget it. Just keep moving. Don't worry about the. Um, don't worry about failing. Celebrate it. I think the, that's the conditioning aspect that I re- that I hope people actually do, so they can. There's more people that celebrate people when they say, "Hey, I failed. Great. That's awesome because you learned something." Um, second thing is is that be um, uh, be very mindful about your network. Um, I think. People, people are the most important thing out of everything out there. I mean, whether it's you're communicating your idea, you're trying to recruit a team, you're trying to raise capital, whatever you're trying to do, you're going to require people. And I know, you know, I've, I've always been a people person, but at the same time, I've also tried to stretch myself to go above and beyond. And I sometimes also see in the in the technical world that there are a lot of folks that are you know, introverts and they go inside their little shells and they're developing and then they're, you know, that's where they live. And, and, and I really encourage people to get out of their shells and say, connect with others, not just electronically. I mean, that's easy to send a text and all that kind of stuff, but truly understand who you're connected to. How can you embrace the people around you? Because the more relationships you develop, um, the better it's going to be for you in the long run. And, uh, and, and more you'll be able to, uh, you know, the farther you'll be able to get. And the last thing I'll leave you with is 
if you understand who your network and the people you have in your um, kind of community and your inner circle, outer circle, start connecting people. It's, you know, in, in entrepreneurship, I mean, once you build this app, you're going to have to do something with it, right? So you're not just sitting on it, playing with it. So you're going to have to take it out to the market and you're going to have to talk to people. So in order for you to even do that, you know, people are going to want to talk to you and then you want people to think about you to connect you to other folks and say, hey, you know what? This was a great idea. You need to meet my friend so-and-so because he invests in that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? One way to do those kinds of things is get in the habit of connecting other people, you know, just for the simplicity of being happy. And the more, you know, you can get good at being aware of, hey, you know what, Paul, uh, I know this other person over here that you should go ahead and interview fantastic guess what's going to happen you're going to get you know you're going to get more credible folks that are going to be uh you know talking with you that are going to go out and um, create better content for the audience etc and things will grow and then maybe someday you'll remember me and when i'm doing something else and you say hey jadev now i have five million listeners and i would love to put you on here now right and, <laughs> and you you remember those little times because at you know at one point i was like you know what paul you're getting started you're on number 69 um, I've got number this guy right here for number 80, you know, if you line them up and then that actually increases the quality of the entire podcast. And when you're down at, you know, five, number 500 and you've got that audience, gosh knows, you know, so I mean, it, that's one thing I'll leave the entire uh, podcast with is be a human chemist. Look at the world and people as, as chemistry, find elements that people can match up with and let them go and, and create magic. And that's stuff that will come back to you tenfold. Just written that down. I love that. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about my own journey as well. I used to be a salesman for a uh, financial company, and uh, I, I loved connecting with people. And at some way along my journey, uh, I got lost in uh, learning the, the coding, the you know all the, the the things that make us perhaps a little bit more introvert. And it wasn't until I started realizing that doing a podcast is the way of connecting uh, people. I've connected a load of different guests and from past um, episodes already and uh, some of those connections I'm sure will lead to something so it, it's really you're right I, I just absolutely can't say any more than it's the connections it's people um, we live in a people uh, world and uh, it's amazing what happens when you, you know you end up just giving back and uh, trying to connect because I'm sure that stuff does come back and, and help you it's, along it's, the way, it's so. huge and sometimes it's a it's something that we do. We kind of hear about it. Like, you know, there's quotes out there like, oh, your, your network is your network. And people are like, oh, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, sure. And then they go about their merry ways in their days. They don't invest time in that. Like, it, I, I always think about it from the perspective of how many people are you connected on LinkedIn? How many people are you connected on Facebook and Twitter? And how many people do you really know and what they do and how you can help them and how, you know, and they and in turn, they will be able to help you. It's a very small number, and it's because we're just not as mindful about that. And for the app developers out there who are creators, if you look at the world from that perspective, the number of people that will be interested in your app and helping you evolve your app and get you connected to the right folks to just your journey will be just way beyond what you can ever imagine. Well, that's... Uh... Just finally, before we say goodbye, uh, we'd love to reach out and connect with you. And uh, I know we'd, uh, you know, perhaps uh, you just take you up on your offer of uh, tr 
trying yeah. to offer our help. So how best can we connect with you, JDev? What's the best, the best way, way of I getting mean, in touch? Um, my email, jdev at wearcast.com. If you are if you go to my LinkedIn, which is just LinkedIn slash dot com, whatever, JDev Grande, you can find me there. In fact, in my profile, I give my email address and my contact info, and I even put it out there saying, hey, I'm out there to connect you with anybody in my network that I possibly can. So, um, so I, I put it out there. So feel free to, to, to contact me and, uh, and use it and, you know, and, and, and I, and I truly will, if I can connect somebody, I will, I will do so. There you go. There's our buzzer. Time's up. <laughs> uh, you know, at the start of the show, you were um, giving us um an idea of we couldn't believe what you were staring at and we can't leave people in suspense you're going to have to describe what you're staring at that's, that's going to a, be shocking it's a video store um, for adult rated content and it says family <laughs> video and I just don't understand the family part uh, of that but it's got family video and it's a bunch of triple X content all around and yeah it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty wacky there Thanks very much, JDev, for um, joining us on the App Guide podcast. I appreciate that. And uh, hopefully we can have an opportunity to speak with you again. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guide podcast 